0: Welcome to the Untangling Life Podcast with Rachel Wojo. I'm Rachel, and this podcast is where you'll find the space to clear your head and calm your heart. I'm so glad you're here. Make yourself at home. Well, hey there, and welcome to episode 53 of the Untangling Life Podcast. I'm Rachel, and I'm so glad you're listening in today. Have you ever heard a little one say to his or her mama, but you said, with an exclamation point, I used to think that God was a parent like me. You know, I never liked it when my kids would use that phrase, but you said, because I didn't think they understood my words. It usually meant there was an exception to what I said and they didn't appreciate that or it meant they had an attitude and looking for a way to get what they wanted, but God doesn't parent like we do as humans. He is not human with flaws and failures, and when he makes a promise, he never changes that promise. Not only does he not change or vary his promises, but he loves for his children to express his promises back to him. His word never returns empty. God's Word is full of His promises to us. And in fact, according to BibleInfo.com, it's been estimated there are 3,573 promises in the Bible. And other sources have cited as many as 7,000. That is a ton of assurance and reassurance from our Father in Heaven. But we have to know God's Word. We have to know His promises In order to receive his promises. And not only are we the benefactors of his promises, but the power of praying God's promises to him cannot be measured. Why is praying God's promises so powerful? Well, first, it's a beautiful expression of prayer. Obviously, praying God's promises to him, talking to him, is an expression of prayer. But when we remind God of his word, he is pleased for two reasons. He is pleased that we know his word. We know his promises. We know what he has said to us. Think how happy it makes you when you have someone's promise and you know they are a keeper of their promises. You know they keep their word. And then secondly, he's pleased to receive the glory in fulfilling his word. Now, I want to take just a moment and talk about God's promise to David. In 2 Samuel, the chapter heading given by the NIV publisher says, God's promise to David. And then the second heading in the chapter, 2 Samuel chapter 7, is titled, David's prayer. So, why did David pray God's promises back to him? At the point in Second Samuel 7, David had reached a pinnacle in his career. We find him in a new place, one that was completely unfamiliar to him, but one that had been promised to him. As a young shepherd boy, David had been anointed to be king of Israel, but decades passed before he landed there. After years of serving God's people in unorthodox ways and fighting battle after battle, finally King David began his reign settled in the palace where God gave him rest from his enemies. But we find David there, and he feels like something is dreadfully wrong. He's living in a palace while God's dwelling place was still the tabernacle, a temporary dwelling of tents. He's living in a cedar palace with gold and ornaments of all kind. And God's dwelling place was still a tent. He said to Nathan the prophet, Here I am living in a house of cedar, while God's presence is resting in a tent. And Nathan's reply at the moment was for David to do whatever he felt was right, because he knew that the Lord was with David. However, that night God gave Nathan more specifics to share with David. And in 2 Samuel 7 verses 8 through 16, God issued nine promises for Nathan to give to David. Can you imagine nine promises as a gift? We have to pause right there for a moment for a brief word from our sponsors, but we'll be right back after these messages. Thanks so much for listening into that message. Let's continue with today's lesson. The second portion of Second Samuel chapter seven is David's response to God's promises to him. Many of the words he prayed were simply a confirmation of what Nathan gave to him, the revelation from God. But I want to look at David's heart behind the words. His motives were pure and unselfish. Let's read them together. This is David's prayer in Second Samuel seven, beginning at verse eighteen. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord, and he said, Who am I, Sovereign Lord, and what is my family that you have brought me this far? And as if this were not enough in your sight, Sovereign Lord, you have also spoken about the future of the house of your servant, and this decree, sovereign Lord, is for a mere human. What more can David say to you, for you know your servant, Sovereign Lord. For the sake of your word and according to your will, you have made this great thing and made it known to your servant. How great you are, Sovereign Lord! There is no one like you, and there is no God but you, as we have heard with our own ears. And who is like your people Israel, the one nation on earth, That God went out to redeem as a people for himself, and to make a name for himself, and to perform great and awesome wonders by driving out nations and their gods from before your people, whom you have redeemed from Egypt. You have established your people as your very own forever, and you, Lord, have become their God. And now, Lord God, keep forever the promise you made concerning your servant and his house." Do as you have promised so that your name will be great forever. Then people will say, The Lord Almighty is God over Israel, and the house of your servant David will be established in your sight. Lord Almighty, God of Israel, you have revealed this to your servant, saying, I will build a house for you. So your servant has found courage to pray this prayer to you. Sovereign Lord, you are God. Your covenant is trustworthy, and you have promised these good things to your servant now be pleased to bless the house of your servant that it may continue forever in your sight for you sovereign lord has spoken and with your blessing the house of your servant will be blessed forever the phrase that i want to hone in on from the passage is in second samuel 7 25 and 26 the latter portion of 25 do as you promised So that your name will be great forever. Essentially, the crux of his prayer was do as you have promised for your glory, Lord. Oh, may we strive for hearts that beg for God to show up and keep his promises. Not for our own gain, but so that his glory can be revealed. So that others can see what he is doing in our lives and how wonderful he is. There are two types of promises in the Bible. And I think this is where some people get a little hung up because some of God's promises are conditional. They depend on us doing our part so that he can do his part. They are the result of our obedience. And when we have a conditional promise, we have to fulfill what God is calling us to do. But then there are those beautiful unconditional promises as well where God simply says what he will do, and it is not going to change. I wanted to pause just for a moment and give you some of those promises that you can pray at any time, and you can be promised that the Lord, there is no real condition. Psalm 5015 says, Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and you will glorify me. Psalm 34, 4 says, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. 1 John 5, 4 says, For anyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. And Philippians 4, 13 says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. That is his promise. Matthew 19, 26 says, But With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Those are promises of God that you can pray at any time. And I just thought it might be encouraging for someone to hear those five promises that you can pray at any time. But while we are talking about why praying God's promises is so powerful, I want to make sure I give you those benefits, that power, that. Hinges on praying God's promises. Why should we pray for what God has already promised us? Well, I want you to think about this. It is powerful to set words to our thoughts and emotions. This bridges the gap between what we're thinking and what we are experiencing. What's real and what isn't. And so audible language allows us that opportunity for both expression and discovery. Many times you, you've heard the phrase, talk it out. I would say the same thing applies to pray it out. It's not necessarily a change of, of heart or a change of action that may need to take place, although that sometimes is the case. But many times it is just tying words and expressing words to what we are experiencing Our thoughts and our experiences have to align, and there has to be room for expression and discovery. So the power is in setting words to our thoughts and emotions. This bridges the gap. And that takes us to the second reason that it is powerful to pray God's promises, because it secondly reminds us of the words of truth and then allows our hearts to align with that truth. Sometimes we just need to hear a strong word aloud, right? Inside our head, it doesn't always echo quite the same way as it does when we hear it. And so, reminding us of the words of truth and aligning our hearts with the truth. And if I have someone who is reading this podcast because you cannot hear, I want to remind you that the Holy Spirit... Is still whispering to your heart, and his impression up on you is where the power is, anyway. Number three, the power of praying God's promise this benefit is that it shifts our focus from the circumstances to God's goodness and God's graciousness when we remember who he is and what he has promised us, and how he has always kept his promises. It changes things, right? It shifts our perspective. It changes what we see in front of us to being good because God is good, not necessarily because we have a good set of circumstances. And then fourth, why is praying God's promise so powerful? It strengthens our faith. It's the benefit to us. It really builds us up and strengthens our faith. And so... Whether you need your words set to thoughts and emotions or you need to be reminded of God's truth or you need to shift your focus from the circumstances to God's goodness or you need your faith strengthened, God's promises are powerful. And when we pray them back to Him, we experience the power of prayer. Much of what I've shared with you today is Coming from the Praying God's Promises Bible Reading Plan and Journal, this is a digital download available at rachelwojo.com forward slash shop. We will begin on April 1st with the Bible Reading Challenge this month focused in this particular digital download. And I wanted just to share how this works. Each day has two days of journaling with several sections the first part of the day will have the passage at the top. For example, day one is 2 Samuel seven eighteen through 27 the very passage we just discussed. Then we have a lean-in section, which is a short devotional explaining the passage in a little more depth. Then we have let it linger section, three little journaling sections where you take the passage and you write out the verse in your own words. Which one stands out to you from the passage and what it means to you? There's a little quote at the bottom in today's box for day one regarding David's story of God's promise. It says, Lord, do as you have promised for your glory. Just a little reminder, nugget, a summary of the promise and the prayer. Then on the second page of the journal, there are three short sections. One is look up. That is a prayer section in today, day one. It says, Father, provide the courage I need to pray bold prayers. And that's what David did. So we're echoing his heart in the second section. It is lifted up. This is a praise section. Today, I will praise the Lord that his promises are trustworthy. It's just a small space for you to write out the promises you're praising God for, or anything you're praising God for, for that matter. And then the last section on page two is a live it out section, a practical application section to give you a space to really think and dwell how can you put into practice what you have learned in this study, in this Bible reading. For example, in the live it out section, this says, When was the last time you prayed a bold prayer asking God to show up in a way that you knew could only be Him. Remind yourself of the details of that prayer or write down your current bold prayer request. It's just a way of applying the lesson. I hope that you'll join us for the Praying the Promises Bible Reading Plan for the month of April. I'm excited to walk through this plan. And if you are a journaler or you want to learn to be a journaler, This is a super easy way to do it because it's not a blank slate. You have each one of these little prompts and the sections that will help you walk through praying God's promises. I hope you'll join in. Thanks so much for listening in today. Until next time, God sees you and knows your need. Thank you for listening to the Untangling Life Podcast with Rachel Wojo. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, be sure to subscribe. For show notes and free resources, visit rachelwojo.com. See you again soon.